Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. situation, we don't use the same energy to give God thanks and glory and honor because the situation is gone. We forget about it. And so when I was tormented for five years and I was always in agony and mommy and daddy were always praying, when God healed me, I don't want to be like, which I have been, but I don't want to continue to be like those nine lepers that didn't turn around to say thank you when Jesus healed them. I don't want to be that person that lives my life allergy-free and never takes the time to say, God, thank you. So if we can learn to be as grateful as we complain, or with the same enthusiasm that we ask God for some, to be this with the same enthusiasm to thank him after we get it, that goes a long ways, a very long ways. I praise God for my little life, but I don't know how many times I want to do that one, but I do praise God for it being today, and it, it was fun, and it was great. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about unconditional love, and we're going to bounce around between unconditional love, and the way to stay in unconditional love is through prayer. And I'll be reading Ruth. We're going to be on Ruth for a couple of Sundays, probably, and then we're going to go to Amos 8, 11. 2 Chronicles 6, 28-31, Luke 18, 1, 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18, and Hebrews 11, 24-27. 
Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for always, always providing for us. Thank you for making a way for us when there seems to be no way. My Father, be with us in this service today, O Lord, and bless us to have ears to hear and an understanding heart that the seed will be planted upon good ground. And Lord, bless us to bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about unconditional love and about when you love something or somebody. A lot of times love isn't based on what you can see. It is based on what you either hope for or what you think is in that person. There's been several occasions where in a relationship between a man and a woman where either the man is bad or the woman is bad, but the other one says there is some good in that person and they can't find any because that person is a really, really either very abusive or just a, a drunk or whatever but the one that loves that person doesn't look at all the negative and the bad that person does but they say there, there's good in that person why because they love that person they don't see any good thing in it years go down the road and the person never changes but yet they keep saying there's good in that person why because they really love that person if you don't really love somebody, you're going to find all the faults in those persons. Even when they're doing good, something's wrong, they're up to something. Because you don't love that person. So when they do something good, well, he only did that because he must want something or she wants something. Or just wait, you'll see what happens. Because you don't love that person. But Jesus, his love was so unconditioned till even when they were crucifying him, even when they were doing everything wrong he still did it for the love that he had for God and for us he endured the cross that was unconditional love there's no greater love than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends he did that for you and I we're going to go to the book of Ruth in the book of Ruth chapter 1 it says now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Now we're going to take a little bit of look about the word famine. Famine means to be in hunger, starvation, dearth. Dearth means a drought or trouble. You don't have to be in lack of, of food to have a famine. You can be in lack of love, lack of forgiveness. And those are famines within your own self. You don't have to have a famine that you can't sit down and eat a plate of food. The word famine is to lack something. So when we have lack of love, we have a famine that needs to be dealt with. If you don't have love, you really don't have anything. Because without love, your life is miserable. Your life is incomplete. Your life can't really do anything positive if there's a famine of love. And we're going to read in Amos 8, 11. Behold the days, saith the Lord, that I will come send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. So there's a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. In this particular passage, there was a famine of no food and no water, and they went to the land of Moab, and they were sojourning there because there was food in that land. But today there's a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. As Brother Uriah was saying on Friday, some of the things that some of these pastors are saying are just, wow. 
kept believe that some pastors would actually say those kind of things. It was, I was sitting there like, oh wow, they actually really did say that. You know, that's because they don't have the word of God. This is all something that people have put together to try to satisfy their fleshy needs or their flesh desires without putting spirituality behind it. So it's a lack of not only the word of God, but when you don't have the word of God, it's a lack of love. And the Bible says that in the last days, there will be a great falling away. There's not, people aren't going to love the word of God anymore like they used to. They're not going to love one another like they used to. There is such a drought of love in this world today till it's almost unbelievable. And if you didn't read the Bible, you probably wouldn't know. But people don't love like they used to because there is a famine. There is a drought of, of love. There's a drought of the word of God that is just really, our lives are pining away without the Word of God. We cannot survive without the Word of God. It is the bread of life. And without it, we can't survive. So we got Ruth and her husband, and they go to this land. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the name of his two sons, Melion and Chilion, Ephraimites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, and the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelt there about ten years. Now in this process, the Bible says that when a man and a woman get married, that the woman is bound by the law of her husband until he dies. So when these uh, women, they were not of the children of Israel, they were not even of the seed of Abraham, they were Moabitess women, they were not, back then they had said they weren't even supposed to marry outside of the children of Israel, but they did. So now these women, you got Ruth, and that is married into the family of God. She is bound by the law of God as long as her husband lives because he was an Israelite. But then they died. Now Ruth was no longer bound by her husband anymore. She could go marry whoever she wanted. She could do whatever she wanted to do. She was free from the law of her husband. But she saw in that 10 years I'm assuming she heard about God because they were Israelites. I'm assuming that she knew about God because she was married into the children of Israel. She was married into him. And so she saw something beyond a physical husband. She saw something beyond the physical law of you're bound to your husband. So we read on verse 10. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? And one of them left, we're going to skip down to 15. So then her sister-in-law, her other sister-in-law, left. And verse 15 says that she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. But Ruth, verse 16, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, 
and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Ruth had a love that was unconditional. She had a love that it didn't matter if her mother-in-law was rich. It didn't matter if her mother-in-law was poor. It didn't matter where she was going. She loved her mother-in-law, and I'm assuming she loved her because she saw beyond what the eye can see. She knew that if this God is as great as you say he is, no matter how bad it looks, there's something good coming out of this. When Jesus, he was up there with his father and he prayed and he said, Lord, bless me to go back to the glory that I once had when I was with you. Jesus left everything that he had to come down and be poor with you and I so that we can become rich. Sometimes when you see something and it looks so good, that doesn't mean it's good. A matter of fact, in the Bible, it tells us a lot of stories of things that are not really what they seem to be. What happened with Lot? Lot looked and he saw the whole plain. It was well watered. It looked really, really good. But when he got there, the Bible says that he was vexed. His soul was vexed from day to day. But their evil deeds, just because it looks good, doesn't mean that it is good. We need to set our affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Because what we can see is temporal, and it will never last a very long time. We're going to go to 2 Chronicles 6, 28-31. If there be dirt in the land, if there be pestilence, if there be blasting or mildew, locusts or caterpillars, if there enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, then what prayer or what supplications remember shall be made of any man, or of all thy people Israel, when every one shall know his own sore and his own grief, and shall spread forth his hands in this house. Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive, and render unto every man according unto all his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men, that they may fear thee to walk in thy ways, so long as they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. Now drought happens and famines happen when the Lord lets it happen, but sometimes we make that happen on our own selves. And the way we do that is we leave where we're getting what we're getting. Like the prodigal son when he said, give me all of my possession. Give me what belongs to me. And he left. He left his father and he went out and he wasted everything that he had and he began to be in want. There was such a big drought in his life because he left where he was getting it. So when we see this in the Bible and he prayed and he said, if there be dirt, if there be pestilence, if there be a famine, if there be trouble, if there be anything, if you turn back and do what? Pray. That is where this all unconditional love is formed, is through prayer. You cannot do anything really without praying. Praying is the most important thing for us to do. And then we won't be in a trap. What did Jesus tell Peter? Pray that you will not enter into temptation. In another place it says men ought to always pray. In another place it says let your prayers be made known unto the church. 
we are supposed to pray, that is the only way that we can have unconditional love. Why? Because when you pray, you are spending time with God. It's like any other relationship. If you're married or you have a girlfriend or you have a boyfriend and you don't spend time, or even your family, and you don't spend time, you don't know each other really. When I was in North Carolina for nine years, I didn't talk to a lot of my family. And they, did, did you know so-and-so got me? Well, I didn't know that. And nobody knew me, not since I left. We knew we were family, but that's as far as that went. But we didn't even communicate. So when we have Jesus and we don't communicate, we don't pray, then what are we going to hear later? I never knew you. You never spent time with me. I don't know you. You that work iniquity. So prayer is such a powerful thing. It's the only thing that really connects us with God. And we got to pray. And I looked up the word praying without ceasing. Because I used to remember that word pray without ceasing. And praying without ceasing, I was like, well, it's impossible to pray 24 hours a day. You can't. It's not going to happen. But that's not what praying without ceasing means. Praying without ceasing. The word ceasing means to refrain, fail, or forbear, to leave or forsake. So when you have an opportunity to pray and you pray, you're praying without ceasing. When you feel in your heart that you should pray and you pray, you're praying without ceasing. When it comes to your mind or when you just want to pray, you're praying without ceasing. When you have an opportunity and something different comes up and you decide not to pray, that's when you ceased. When you refrained and you had an opportunity. When you neglected it and there was a possibility. That is when you stop praying. That is when it says pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. If you have an opportunity, do it. It also means deep, fervent, and earnest. So when you pray and pray and pray, like the Bible was saying that the scribes and the Pharisees, they stand on the corners and they pray and they want to be seen amen. That's, that's not counted. When you pray fervently, earnestly, from your heart, that is classified as praying without ceasing. Not to be seen in men, but to get to know God more. Not to be seen in anybody. Not for money, not for anything, but just to get to know God more. That is called praying without ceasing. When you pray fervently. We're going to Luke 18.1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Jesus told us, don't faint, don't stop, don't give up. This is the only way that we can start having unconditional love is when we get to know who Jesus really is, how good he is, how loving he is, how, how much compassion he has. If we only knew what was in store for us, we could start loving unconditionally. Though it looks bad, yet will I trust him. What did, uh, I believe it was Job say, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Why? Because he had unconditional love. He wasn't holding on the things that he possessed and that he could see. He knew that God was so far more greater than any materialistic thing that is on this earth. And he was the richest man in the East and lost everything. His wife even said, why don't you curse God and die? Which basically means he lost his wife too because she was no more in agreement with him, wanting him to just get it over with. But he said, you talk like a foolish woman. If we receive good from God, can't we receive evil? That is what happens. And what did Job do? Every single day, Job prayed for every one of his children just in case they did something. 
That's where we need to be, is to pray. Prayer gets us to have that unconditional love. Prayer is what increases our faith. Prayer is what draws us closer to God. Prayer is what will make us not fall when temptation hits. We should never stop praying. Let's take a small look at prayer. Prayer doesn't look that good, especially in the morning for me. Prayer is not that appealing. I wake up in the morning and I want to have the testimony that, oh yeah, the first day he did was pray. That would be a really lovely testimony. But that's not the testimony that I have. And so it doesn't look that good. It doesn't look that appealing. It's very tiresome. Sometimes it feels very boring. And you just pray and you don't really know what to say. But that is only the flesh trying and the devil trying to say, don't do it. It's not all that. You can do that later. We don't want to do that later. We shouldn't want to do that later. If we have the time and the opportunity in which we do, let's use it. The more we pray, the closer to God we will be. The more we pray, the more faith will show in our lives. The more we pray, the more God listens. And the more God listens, the more things happen. Because when God is paying attention to you, and he's hearkening to you, and he's listening to you, things begin to happen. Everything in your life begins to start changing more and more and more. That's the only way we're going to reach higher heights. That's the only way we're going to reach deeper depths is through prayer. That's why so many times in the Bible, pray, pray, pray. Don't stop praying. Always pray is what we need to do. We're going to go with 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Temporal means to last a very short period of time. So what we can see is never going to last, but what we can't see is going to last for an eternity. When we see ourselves praying, it doesn't look that appealing, but when we know what we are praying for and who we are praying to, that is eternity. That is life. It will never change. God will never change. We need to always pray and then we will have that unconditional love. We will be able to say like Ruth, where you go, I'm going. Why? Because we see beyond what the eye can see. Jesus, you suffer and I'll suffer. Wherever you're at, I'll be. Whatever you want, I'll do it. I will die with you. I will suffer with you because we are looking at something so far more better and spiritual than this light affliction that is down here in this earth. It is not to be compared to what God has planned for you and I. Go back to Ruth. I'm gonna kinda skip a little bit. Ruth later on goes to um, this field. She's with uh, her mother-in-law and she says, well, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna glean in some fields and see what I can get. So she goes to this field, but what did the Bible tell us earlier? That he sends his angel before us to prepare the way for us. Now the only time that we're going to be able to have that way prepared for us is if we are in the will of God. If we stick with Jesus, no matter what the situation looks like, the way for us will be prepared. If we decide to start doing things on our own, it's not going to happen. But if we stay with Jesus, like Ruth stayed with her mother-in-law, and her mother-in-law was what? Of the children of Israel. And her mother-in-law was the one that was kin to Boaz. 
If Ruth would have went somewhere else, she would have never got that way prepared. If we stick with Jesus, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstances, no matter how bad it may seem, if we stay on our knees and we stay praying, lifting up holy hands everywhere, praying without ceasing, meditating on God, setting our affections on things above and not on things of the earth, all of our paths will be prepared. It doesn't say that we're going to walk and everything's going to be easy. It says prepared, which means God is going to make it happen. He's going to make a way where there may seem to be no way. He's gonna make a way. Now, sometimes our paths are long because of our own self. The children of Israel, when they got out of, out of Egypt, the Bible says that God could have taken them this way, but then they were gonna see war and probably try to turn back. So God had to take them the, a long way around just because of their own unbelief and fear. So sometimes God has a plan for us and it's right there, but he says if I take them right here, they're going to get distracted over here, they're going to get distracted over there. So I have to lead them all the way around just to get over here. So what happens? That's when we are having lack of prayer. That's when a prayer becomes a famine in our life when we don't pray then we have to go the long way around. But if we stay constant with Jesus, when they were in the Red Sea, I don't know how many of you guys caught this in the story, but the Bible says that when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they cried out to him. And when Jesus got in the boat, the Bible says that immediately they were on the other side. You don't have to go through a whole lot of deserts and waiting and all of that, not as long as you're with Jesus. As soon as he got on that boat, they were immediately on the other side. When you have Jesus, he'll take you to your destination. He'll lift you up when you stay with him. Don't let it be said, I don't know you. I don't know who you are because we didn't pray, because we have lack of prayer in our lives. Prayer is the most important thing that we can do. Although it doesn't look good, prayer is so, so very important. We're going to Hebrews 11, 24-27. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So we look at Ruth and then we look at Moses and Ruth, she could have stayed in Moab. There was plenty of food, there was everything she wanted, there were her people, very comfortable, it was her land. She could have easily went back to her father's house and life would have went married and you have no idea what would have happened, it would have been great. But she took that leap of faith, she was just like, wherever you go, I'm gonna go. Where it is, I'm going to be there. If we are the same way in our spiritual walk with Christ, Lord, I don't care what it takes. I don't care where you lead me. I'm willing to go. We won't be disappointed. We won't lose. We won't fail. We won't be cast away. We won't be without. We won't be in a famine. We won't be in a drought. If we stay with Jesus. Why? Because he's the one that can feed 5,000 with two little loaves of bread or five barley loaves of bread and two fish. He's the one that can feed 4,000 besides women and children with a few fish. He's the one that can change the water into wine. He's the one that can part the Red Sea. He's the one that can feed you bread and flesh with a bird. He's the one that can make your little tiny bit that you have last for many years. He's the one that can multiply anything. Stay with 
Jesus prayed without ceasing, never give up. We need to pray and never faint. Ruth took that and followed her mother-in-law. We'll finish that part next Sunday. She stayed with her mother-in-law. She didn't move. She couldn't even talk her into going. There's another one that stayed, and that was Elijah. Stayed with Elijah. Elijah told him to leave, or vice versa. I get those names. That one, that way, or vice versa. But one of them told the other one, what can I give you? And he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. And he said, if you see me when I go up, you can have it. But if you don't, then no. And how many times did he tell them, go, stay over here, I have to go over there? But what did he say? As the Lord lives, I will not leave you. And he would go. And they told him again, stay over here, I have to go over there. He said, as the Lord lives, I'm not leaving you. And he didn't. He didn't know where he was going. He just knew something that he wanted was at the end of that journey. And he got what he wanted. He got the double portion of his spirit because he did not leave him. Moses, he was rich. He was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was right there in the royal family. He had everything he could possibly desire right next to the king. And he left all of that because he didn't look at what he had. He looked at what he wanted. He looked at the more spiritual side of life that this is going to last till I die. And then that's it. But the children of Israel, they have a God that is eternal. They have a God that's never changing. They have a God that is forever. What they have, they will never lose. And they will only go to more and more and bigger and better things in life. And at the end, they're going to have eternal life. So why would I want this little stuff right now when I can have eternal life forever? Moses was very, very smart, but at the same time made very big sacrifices according to the plan. So that's what we need to do. Do we want this temporary stuff or can we push away a little bit of sleep and get on your knees? Pray. Pray more. Pray more earnest. Pray more in depth. And then we can see more and more happen because the closer you are, the more you can have. Not that we want something physically, but we want something spiritual. I don't want physical things. I want spiritual things. Yes, it would be nice to have some physical things, and I'm not going to turn them down if I get them, unless I have to. But I really want spiritual things. I, I look at people, and I, I it hurts me to see the people in the struggle that they're in, and they don't need to be there. They don't. I was coming to church one day, and I passed by this uh, street down there, and this lady was on the corner screaming, angry. She thought she was screaming at me. So I turned around and I went to her and I said, are you okay? Who cares if I'm okay? I said, I, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. And I was like, you know what, I don't, I don't like to see this because Jesus can do so much more than this. He just wants that vessel and he says it in the Bible, I'm looking for somebody that will stand in the gap. Somebody that will make intercession for these people. Somebody that will stand and go and get what I have and give it to the people. He's looking for somebody that will stand in the gap. And that could be us if we wanted to. And if we want to, we need to pray in order to get closer to God so that these people don't have to go through all of this. Some we bring it on ourselves, but sometimes they don't even know what they're doing. They don't know the power of God. They don't understand that there is a God that can deliver all of this anger, frustration, whatever you're going through. 
Jesus can take care of it. And I want us to be able to bring Jesus to these people. But in order for us to do that, we have to have then we can have that love. Like, Lord, I don't care what they do to me. If you're there, those people can be set. People can hate me, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as I have Jesus. And that's all that we need. And then, yeah, because we're going to go through stuff, especially if we really started preaching the word of God and people be getting healed and delivered and all of that. Yeah, you know, that was going to try to do that. Now, that's a given. The more you do for God, the devil starts seeing that he's losing the people that he had bound. Like that lady that the, Jesus said, she has been bound with an infirmity and couldn't stand upright for 18 years. Jesus can loose all of that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we go get what Jesus has, he said, freely you have received, freely give. I'm going to give it to you. Go give it to somebody else. But the only way we're going to get it is if we pray, is if we go to Him. So although praying doesn't look that appealing, it doesn't sound that good, and you get on your knees and then you want to sleep, fight it and pray. That's what the disciples went through. When Jesus said, pray that you enter not to turn they all, all of them. And I found that to be very, very true, that whenever you're going to pray, you get sleep. Well, I get very sleepy. And I got a lot of energy. When I'm going to pray, oh yeah, the arms start coming in, and I want to go to sleep. Peter, he prayed one time, but God uses some trances for good. And Peter got sleepy, and he went to sleep when he was praying, but then God used that trance to show him the sheep that don't call things right, says clean, don't call it unclean. But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's just pure sleep. But we need to find that. What did David say? If it doesn't cost me something, I don't want it. Pray more. You can pray at your job. You can pray when you're working out at the gym and get gains. You can pray. You can always pray. Every time we have the opportunity, let's do it. And then we will start seeing the increase of spiritual food. We eat good, but we want to eat more spiritually. Bigger fruit, healthy fruit. Fruit that can be seen afar off. When they look, oh, that's a good fruit tree. That one's healthy. That's what we want. We don't want leaves and looking really good and blowing in the wind and uh, there's nothing to eat. We want people to see the fruit before they see the leaves. We want this fruit to push those leaves about the way and that church is true. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. So we will turn the service back over to Brother Adam would you receive him by the word of Amen. The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face always upon you. And may he forever keep you.